0: All right, Miss Nagoya, episode number twenty-six. I'm trying to think of a Toronto Maple Leaf that was wearing number twenty-six. And I'm a little bit—I uh, I can't think of one. I'm sure all the fans that listen to our podcast will email us and let us know.
1: But uh, your, your 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 fascination of hockey,
0: Toronto Maple Leafs. So well, it's all about numbers and and the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? They're they're going to. Uh, Probably have a good run at the Stanley Cup this year. I think it's it's going to be it, it, this will be the year because Mitch Marner is is uh, isn't scoring. So well,
1: how, how about those Oilers?
0: Oilers came back last night and and won that game. That was good. I mean they're they're turning around and and you know, the big surprise in that division, of course, is the Vancouver Canucks.
1: So for, for the Alberta teams, what's really interesting, isn't it? That, uh, um, Edmonton was, uh, there's some conversation and some rumors that started to develop that, uh, you know, maybe they go for the first round, uh, first, uh, top, uh, that random pick for the top three draft picks and maybe they go for the bottom and all of a sudden they start playing good. Calgary Flames did the same, Remember, yeah. uh, stopped negotiations with all unrestricted free agents and, now all of a sudden we're winning? Like all of a sudden, we've got, I don't know. sounds like internal politics. I don't know all these things, right? Just, the inner sports, hockey is weird.
0: Sports, hockey, uh, you know, very momentum. So it can swing big time. But anyways, we had an important uh, person come to Coal Lake uh, last uh, Friday night. Um, Santa came to town once again to to sort of spread the love and, uh, and come in and tell all the kids, uh, you know, he's ready for them uh, Christmas Day and,
1: uh, how, how does the mayor get, uh, a, 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 you know, this poll to be able to say, you know, you know, call up Santa. I know you do write a bunch of letters and, uh, tell him and, uh, you know, it must be important to be able to say that, uh, you know, you need to come on this day and that's great.
0: Well, we actually text now, Kevin, we're in the modern year. So, Oh, uh, so are, oh yeah. So I can uh, actually have his number. And so, uh, he does have somebody that screens all his text messages, but, uh. You know, we connected and we said, you know, can you be in Coal Lake six o'clock ready? You know, and, uh, and it was a great parade. Uh, the weather, um, it was a little bit concerned about the weather. Um, uh, no snow on the ground, but, uh, you know, they managed to come in.
1: No snow on the ground, but good weather, but it brought out the people. Boy, I was, uh, over by, uh, the TD bank and, you know, coming in through Hamel's area there. And boy, was that ever busy. Oh
0: was a big crowd I you know I, I when you're walking the parade it's hard to to gauge if if it's a record turnout because you're focused on on trying not to uh you know try to give out as much candy as you can of course but uh uh you're sort of oblivious to be on the other side of the, the street because we used to go and cross back and forth and and do both sides now we we To try to speed up our, our float, we, uh, we council stays on uh, separate and uh, sort of stay on one side. But, you know, great to see. I mean, lots of kids. I mean, that's what our area is about is the kids. And But a lot of adults were there and, uh, and great participation from the business. There was a lot of floats. 50, around over 50, I think. It was 50? Wow. Uh, and then a, wow. some of the ones that uh, really wanted to be there, I ran into a few people and, and most of their crew was sick. So they uh they they were so disappointed. I met uh, somebody at Sobeys and and she was just heartbroken that she wasn't in the uh, wasn't in the parade. So uh you know it went well and uh, Santa was in a, in a good spirit. He was actually singing before the uh, the we started Christmas carols to everybody. Oh, so karaoke he, singing. He was in fine form. So uh, it was great. Uh, and uh, of course we, he he went over to the uh, the uh, energy center afterwards and and kids got to, uh, get their pictures with Santa and, and, and tell them what they want for Christmas. And so, and off he went. So, uh, you know, shout out to everybody, all the city staff that, that, that put this parade on. And, and of course, all, you know, like I said earlier, the business community and all that. It was great non-profits.
1: to see the MD of Bonneville had uh, a yeah. couple of vehicles. Reeve of was, uh, there. was
0: walking. I saw him there with oh, his really, wagon and, and he was dishing out stuff. Uh, I think he was giving everybody a, a you know, a 10% tax cut, uh, for all the residents that were in the in the lineup from
1: oh, md yeah. oh in the md yeah he
0: was giving out envelopes
1: that's, that's what that was the, yeah those, i think so yeah that's what uh,
0: barry was doing yeah i know it was good <laughs> it was great they have a great couple of floats there And then they you know it's good to participate and then i saw them going down the highway uh, afterwards and of course you know when you're coming that distance uh with those floats uh, plus they're gonna they put him in the same floats i think in the Bonneville parade so
1: was there a uh, winners announced already I wasn't too sure. I think well, there maybe that's still going on right now but uh, cuz I'm I'm hearing things and stuff like that. So yeah, we're still uh going through the Oh, so it hasn't been announced yet. So oh, better not oh, better not uh
0: Okay. Well, that's good. Some, we didn't uh, say anything cuz I know what, uh, yeah, what yeah. council's uh, top
1: picks were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We better not uh spill beans. Okay. <laughs> this, year, this year we did add a new award, uh Mayor's Choice Award so that'll be Oh good. the mayor's choice oh award. Yeah, mayor's choice and uh, we got oh, all Oh, the mayor gets a sp- yeah. special privilege. Well, I,
0: I asked everybody on council to participate and and then uh, majority ruled that we had some pretty close uh, picks there. Oh. There were some good you know, great floats uh right and uh some unique new ones and there was actually a, quite a few first time floats in the parade. So, um uh, you know the weather really helps. Uh, we didn't have that wind which can be pretty nasty sometimes, but it uh, was a good for, event. Uh,
1: you know, you had a lot of uh, vehicles dressed up and everything else. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was great to see. But you also had another uh, you know event that had a lot of dress up and uh, and 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 colorful clothing, which was Diwali night.
0: Yeah, Diwali was put on by the Lakeland Multicultural Association, a mighty group of not too many people. It was I think there was eight people behind that event, but they did a fabulous job. Great food uh, from the Edmonton came in. Uh, You know that company cooks a lot of the food and then brings it on site. Uh, and of course, typical Cold Lake uh, tickets sort of uh, sell last minute. And uh, but I think you know over five hundred people were there. Uh, and a lot of dancing uh, from different uh, countries around the world, uh, and a few uh, local dancers uh, from St. Paul uh, came in, and uh, uh, other other communities, First Nation communities, and uh, over in Edmonton uh, was well done.
1: What I found that there was a lot more younger dancers this year in terms of doing solos and stuff like that. Yeah, that that's... was pretty brave. Uh, and yeah. and talk about the. Um, We'll call it the expressions that were on these kids. They were really able to communicate with through their dancing through to the public. That was awesome. I, I, I was really impressed by that.
0: Yeah, you could see that people really enjoyed doing that performing. I mean, even at a young age, and uh, that little Ukrainian dancer was yes, cute.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah.
0: You uh, know, I mean, we were lucky. We had got thrown up at the front row there, but. uh, you know, the vent was a big, uh, you know, well done and uh, great sound system. And uh, also the f- new floor at the field house. I think uh, the the gray the color, gray. I think it really blends well for events now, uh, where the green kind of, you know, kind of brought a different the color. Slimy green color? Yeah. And yes. so now with the gray, I think it's going to be great for events and really. Well, the idea
1: was uh, when uh, talking with staff when they were planning that, because a lot of times to cover that green floor, that. Uh, that matting, that gray matting has to go out and it takes a lot of staff every time you do that and a a whole bunch of tape. And and so lots of stuff that has to be pulled up and thrown away later. And then that tape has stickiness and sometimes it's tacky touching the floor and all that, right? So trying to.
0: Girls in high heels were getting caught and
1: yeah. Things Wax happen, it. right? Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. So trying to just find different ways, I guess. Right. So, and then
0: the other day yeah. you guys, I saw a picture where you and uh, Glenn were out uh, looking at the new rink uh, on the, at the field house, the outdoor rink.
1: Well, oh, the outdoor rink. Oh yes. Getting other uh, staff. Uh, I don't know if any pictures were released on social media yet in that regard, but uh, we had some, uh, the, a new kind of, uh, two, three foot board system, a hockey board, puck board type of system being, uh, put together, um, staff are starting to get ready for their, that annual winter carnival that is put on at that artificial turf field. So they've, uh, you know, the purchase of that Omni decking over top of, to put over top of the rubber, uh, rubber and the artificial turf field, and then, uh, being able to put ice on it. So this will be pretty cool to see this you thing know, go are, down. Are we
0: going to make the ice early so people can utilize it on
1: days? Um, well, their target is going to be for the, the festival, oh, but, uh, you know, it, It takes time to build the ice. It's natural. It it all depends a lot of it on weather. So you're not making ice at, you know, this weather, it's not going to freeze. So um, as it, as they go through it, it it all depends on the weather, having that ready. Because you still have those two, two outdoor rinks that are in the north and the one in the south, right? Yeah, I think the weather's supposed to cool down
0: next week and maybe we can start making ice for the uh, outdoor rinks. Always great during Christmas holidays, but get the kids out there and skate.
1: Yeah, they're pretty. So uh, the, they're heavily used.
0: The way the the way the weather's going, it'll be interesting to see if cold Lake freezes before uh, Christmas. I mean, the water temperature is is uh, now at four degrees and dropping, but uh, it uh, certainly is a lake level. is extremely low. Um, you know, we just don't get. We're not getting any moisture, so a lot of cold Lake itself fills up from Primrose Lake. And the river coming down from Primrose is hardly any flow. Um, Interesting Martin
1: discussion at council there the other night, uh, talking about the North Rink and, uh, and it being maybe too loud in there now, right? And uh, Yeah, with the uh, new boards. Yeah, d- you know, when you do a renovation like that, there's, you know, other consequences or implications. I don't know if the right word there is being used, but yeah. Uh, um, because the, the old boards used to be, remember all those wooden boards, the four by fours, and then uh, two by sixes. And, uh, and actually, in fact, when you talk about, you know, wood, wood kind of sucks in a lot of noise, right? So when you hit a puck against that, it's, uh, it, it dissolves a lot of that, and it's got a cushion effect to it. But when you use steel and aluminum, and you get a bang, right? It, it, I, you can see it, and, and and it's not a, it's not a kind of a, a high tensile pexiglass anymore. It's, it's an actual, actual glass now there. So it has its own ringing effect, right? When, when shots are uh, hitting and pucks hitting in the windows. So that's kind of interesting feedback, right? On, on uh, the different, you know, it it, 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 when you go in there, it's a tremendous atmosphere now. Yeah. It is great. That the North new North lighting system, that everybody loves it, but it's interesting to get some of the feedback and, you know, things that, that, that happen and you have to, you know, you, you, you look at, yeah,
0: when you look back yeah. on council decisions of administration, I mean, putting money into the North Rink, I think, was a really smart investment instead of tearing it down. Um, the, the arena's got a lot of life in it. And those, um uh, those, uh, uh, r- what are those, struts or rafters? Uh, the big beams. Beams, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, the wooden beams. I mean,
0: they're, they're up there forever. Yeah, I mean, the that, arches, yeah. The arches are amazing in there. Uh, it's a great arena. Of course, it's in front of us right now on the capital budget side. Is looking at even putting a little bit more, tiny bit of more money on that arena.
1: Yeah, redoing the siding there. That nice yeah. blue out there is pretty. You know that uh, that baby blue is powder blue or whatever you want to call it. Some some people call that Winnie the Pooh blue too, right? So oh, wow. yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So you're looking at that as an option for new color.
1: Oh, I, no, no, no. That's the existing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the new colors would oh, be or okay. what. But we have. To. I, I, I thought that the mayor wanted to see Toronto Maple Leafs colors. on
0: Inside where we're inside yeah. the arena is, is blue. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, it's got different colors in there. Oh, yeah. It's got yeah. like but a. We've got to do an original six like color for the arena outside. Uh, oh. Maybe we should have a contest for the citizens. No, no. Wouldn't it be nice to have a little bit of wood green in there and stuff oh, like that. And you know, come on. Yeah. Like, oh boy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not everything can be wood, Kevin. No, but we need original six colors.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, uh Detroit. Detroit, yeah, the original six. Yeah, yeah. Detroit, white,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, Chicago. There's a lot of Detroit yeah, fans Russell, here. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There's like last night a Montreal Canadian fan uh in front of us. Yeah. So uh you know it it'd be good. I mean it's it's great that we invested. Interesting, uh I was watching minor hockey uh at the uh the arena two, the arena with no name. Yeah. And uh um The kids like the Panthers organization likes playing uh, at that arena rather than Imperial uh, Place because of the hardness of the the ice is much more uh, harder than uh, Imperial Place.
1: Yeah, yeah, and well, the reason is is because the it's a little bit smaller square footage for airspace, and uh, so therefore the air conditioning system and and that um, Imperial Oil Place is a little bit uh, uh, the ambient temperature in the air is a couple of degrees uh, warmer. So therefore that surface ice is a little bit more softer. So there is a difference. The core is about the same in terms of temperature, but that surface, that kind of that top uh, two millimeters or so is is distinctly different uh, between that and uh, absolutely right. Uh, hockey players like very, very hard ice. And when you have a colder ambient temperature, that's that's great. Imperial Oil Place, uh, you know, usually warmer, like the, you know, figure skaters do like that. But, uh, um, you know, but the, the uh, Imperial Oil Place is the event arena though, right? So...
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we d- did get an email that uh, you know I, I'm sure we can share with the public that uh, you know very successful hockey game between the U of A and U of S uh, that we had university hockey over the uh, back in September. Um, well attended. Yeah, massive crowds for Coal Lake, and uh, they really enjoyed the hospitality, um, not only with at the Energy Center but inside the, the city of Coal Lake. Uh, they got fed well. They you
1: yeah, know, they, li- they they loved they love the idea of meeting on the border. Yeah. Um, between Alberta and Saskatchewan. So U of A versus U of, S- U of A, uh, S- Sask there. And uh, and they would like to come back.
0: Yeah, so Stan reached out, uh, runs the general manager for U of A. And, and uh, so it'd be exciting. We'll build on that and try to bring uh, U of A back you know, with uh, hopefully U of S. It was amazing how many U of S uh, fans were there that had traveled to Cold Lake to watch their, their boy play hockey.
1: Well, there, were, there looked like there was a couple of scouts that were in the, uh, in the building too, during that too.
0: Why? Well, I, I, yeah, I don't know about that, but I did have a couple of parents that uh, thanked, uh, like once they realized who I was and they, they came over and, and oh, I met, bumped into them and they said, this was great where they can come watch their, you know, their boy play hockey. Uh, so it was a, you know, it was great hockey, fast, uh, a lot of hitting, well, I
1: think we should get some, uh, a couple of pretty neat dignitaries to come here. Uh, we tried to do one this year, uh, remember, yeah, but it didn't yeah. come through. I think we can work on it. Um, um, and uh, But couldn't, wouldn't it be neat to have the, uh, the Premier of Saskatchewan <laughs> and the Premier of Alberta you know, we meet on the border and, uh, shake hands and, uh, drop the puck and let's have a little bit of a bet going on. That'd be yeah, kind of, pretty that,
0: cool. That would be kind of neat. You know, we'll, we'll have to see what we can do. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they got busy schedules, but, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, it was, it was a good event and, and we're happy to, uh, um, to try to host that game again and, and work with the U folks. The, uh, of course, we, we recently um, did a photo op uh, with the new uh, vehicle in, in City of Lake, municipal enforcement uh, electric vehicle. Uh, it's going to run around, uh, can do, what, 300 and some odd kilometers before it gets, needs to be charged up.
1: Oh, it depends it, on uh, winter or minus 30 or versus plus 40 and using heat and all electric that. Electric vehicles lots
0: of that. have a lot of depends. You
1: know, yeah, a lot, you know, a lot of de- <laughs> a lot of, wow. lot of
0: depends. It depends on this. Depends on this. Um, but anyways, we we um, I know we're getting a little bit beat
1: up on social media. Uh, the idea, I thought it was interesting to see all the comments back and forth. Now, yeah, yeah. you know, some of them back and forth on both sides is a little bit irrational, but on that uh, social media, but it, that's the city's social media, right? That's yeah. why we allow the comments to just allow it to go. Right. And, you know, we can accept criticism and take positive comments. It is what it is, right? These are just things that are happening in our society and these are in our environment. Right. So, And we
0: had, we've had people request, uh, the city to install these type of, uh, you know, uh, Inver chargers chargers inside the city uh, so a lot of that was uh, was grant money to purchase all that and uh, so we, we set it up in two locations here at City hall um, because when you look at the business hours at city hall if you're coming into town the whole night is free for you basically to there's not you know parking lot's pretty pretty open so say you're pulling a, a trailer or whatever this this site here could be a potential uh, at the energy center Is another location. The reason why we put it in the parking lot where it is at the energy center was just the cost of installation. We had power right there. Um, But, you know, giving it a try and and, and go from there. um, It's not like we're going to expand our fleet uh, by any means. We're still uh, in the budget, still buying gas. Well, the uh, uh,
1: EV was purchased for one. There was a significant grant that came in uh, from the... uh a federal government partnership with municipalities across Canada. And the city of Cold Lake was part of that uh, conversation. And, uh, so it's about, you know, buying one and let's see how it works within the fleet and kind of understand it a little bit. Right. Um, of course our, our EV for the municipal enforcement has its own charger. At their base station, right? So that's kind of so they're not going to use these level threes when you when you're specifically talking about the chargers are level three chargers. So these are doing hundred kilowatt or whatever, right? That's the big, big, big ones that uh, that can charge very quickly. Um, and of course those, again, as you mentioned, were purchased by a grant, um, and the city does a markup on them. We purchase the electricity. We do have them on a separate meter to know how much power is going out versus how much revenue is going in. So we can uh, kind of monitor that and whatnot. And it's that, I think 50 cents a minute. And, uh, but, uh, they're already being used. So irregardless of saying that, uh, you know, I, I know that, you know, there's opinions on there, whether they should be there, not be there, whatever the case may be. Um, it's being used. There's already revenue coming in. So it's kind of interesting that the that the individuals that have purchased electric vehicles in the uh, community are excited that there's actually a level three type of uh, charger in the community. And that's because that's the speed chargers and it's not just your ones that are at your household that just do a little bit, right? It's a slow chargers.
0: Yeah, no, I think it, uh, we, we set the policy there on, on the charge. So that's all the bylaws. So that's all uh, passed up and, and going forward. And, and, it'll, and like you said, let's see what happens a year from now. And, uh, and if we need to expand, we will. The demand is there. We've had some commercial businesses approach you guys on on what was involved in getting the, the, uh, the machine and uh maybe maybe yeah, some, some of the, the uh, specifically the
1: it. hoteliers have yeah. uh, reached out to the city and saying well what was the investment uh, how does it work um what's the return um, look like, because when you're in the business side, it's, you know, if you spend money, it's one, is their service, you know, I don't know if like your hoteliers need a level three, because a lot of them probably would be plugged in. I imagine overnight and they're staying and sleeping and then they wake up in the morning and looking to go. So they wouldn't need to kind of that investment. So It'll be like a level two type of, uh, or a level one type of charger, but no, they're interested in providing that service as well. Yeah.
0: So when, uh, going from electric to carbon, uh, you know, we've, we've done a, a few interviews just in the last bit here, uh, in, you know, in support of, uh, the whole carbon capture storage, uh, angle. Uh, it's going to be through the pathways, uh, several oil companies have come together and, uh, and brought staff together to, uh, to work on this, on this carbon capture in our area. It's just going to be storage in other areas. Um, it's going to go underground and hopefully be utilized in some fashion. So, around that whole Fort Saskatchewan area. But uh, it's really neat how, in, in, in some cases, the carbon is being used already uh, out there. In, in some of them, even the oil patch themselves, are utilizing carbon for their processing of getting oil to the surface. So um, in our area, because of the geological formation, uh, we, are, we are very fortunate that about 1,000 meters down, uh, there's gonna, there's a layer of sandstone in there where the carbon can go into very safely. And, uh, you know, Pathways has done a tremendous job of getting the information out to people to read. And the, uh, open house
1: that they had here a few, a few weeks ago was quite you know, educational. Yeah. Actually, it was neat to actually look at the boreholes and samples that they brought to surface that are that that thousand meters down. That's kind of neat to look at some of the geological formations that are there, but there's a lot of uh, engagement that's happening. It seems like you're getting a, quite a few emails that are a bit nasty and, and uh, that are... Why is why is this going on and it, things need to stop and stuff like you that. Know, people what's that are, about?
0: People are always concerned. Um, of, this is a really like in our area, I mean this is this is new, right? I mean, I'm sure in, in uh, the smart people out there, carbon is not new, but uh, uh, for our area and our public to hear about you know oh, you're going to put carbon down hole. That, it's a bit okay. What, what's involved in that? But I think once you talk to the, the people that are involved in all of this, the pathways, uh, they got some of the smartest and brightest people in Alberta working on this project, and they'd love to t- uh, educate everybody on on this. And, uh, you know, we're very fortunate in the oil industry. We've got, uh, you know, we've got people that really do care about the environment. Uh, they get a lot, lot of uh, negative press, and uh, it's unfortunate. And, and uh, a lot of the, the media need to really uh, come out to Alberta and and really learn and see what the footprint is on some of these uh, uh, installations. Like when the, the, the oil wells now, when they're drilling for on, on the leases now, they're actually able to go so far now underground to extract the oil, and their footprint, uh, at where the wells are, is so minimal now. And the oil companies are going out of their way to make sure that their impact on the land is so minimal. And the carbon capture is going to do the same thing a lot of the equipment is or man, uh, infrastructure is going to be probably built in that nisqually Leduc area, and then trucked to the various plants, get installed, and there'll be probably uh, after installation there'll be a, probably a few staff hired uh, for that process, and then it'll be down pipeline to the various injector wells, which will be many injector wells, but their foot you know their their amount of uh, land that the, these wells are going to take is going to be minimal, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they're there's, you know, observation, it just, you know, you look at Alberta, it's got pretty strong, um, environmental regulations. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, some of the, sometimes when I'm on vacation or something like that, you know, I see, you know, if I go to California down in the United States, uh, you know, very different, like, it looks very different in regards to how there's production in regards to energy down, down in South of us. Um, versus in Alberta. Alberta seems to be, it seems to be some of the state-of-the-art um, type of technologies are being used. It's quite interesting to see that stark difference.
0: But Alberta's been a leader not only in, in from policy and, and uh, regulation side, because we deal with that as a municipality all the time. We know how tough the regulations are on the environment side, but we do, for whatever reason, we do not get um, much love outside of Western Canada. You know, out of... Uh, you know, besides Saskatchewan and and, uh, Alberta, Manitoba, we are not appreciated uh, a lot on on what our industry does. I'm hoping that this carbon capture, uh, when the barrel of oil is, you know, now neutral, uh, environmentally friendly, um, you know, do I have confidence that the, The um, environmentalists are going to give us, um, you know, some love. I don't think so. But I think what it's going to do now is the federal government is going to be the big kingmaker here. Is that if Alberta's producing a a carbon-free barrel of oil, that whole dirty oil, you know, thought process is out the window, and we start to now focus now on pipelines, and we this country better start to wake up and get some pipelines out of this province so that you know, just the wealth creation, we see it when we host so many events, we see the young people that were working in the oil patch, uh, they're making a, a good dollar, they got families, uh, they're all living in the area, and if it wasn't for the oil patch, where would they be? And and, and our country is so rich from from the natural resources, and, and, and let's hopefully we, we, we get yeah,
1: it's easy to uh, for 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 you and I to sit here and talk in one way in terms of these uh, regulations, but uh, and it, you know it, it affects us indirectly. But uh, the when it comes to economy and 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 all that kind of stuff. But the other side is is that um, when you're talking about environmental regulations at our municipal level, like um, I know from our. Uh, City of Cold Lake perspective. Uh, again, our environmental regulations are very strict, uh, amongst the highest in uh, in Canada, and uh, you know there is things that we have to adhere to, and all they all come at a cost, right? And uh, it's uh, when there's conversations that suggest otherwise, and you know. When you compare environmental regulations for across Canada, you're going, wow, Alberta is, is, is way ahead in a lot of this. And I know you probably can't talk about it because you have a day job, which is a part of a fish hatch, which is all about the environment as well. It, it is very strict in Alberta. Yeah. We're, 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 we are very much further ahead in th- that regard. Um, when it comes from, uh, a Canadian wide, um, a, a, you know, 10,000, 50,000 foot look at regulations.
0: Well, let's talk about council. So we, uh. So we, once again, we're, we're, we're looking for people to join a, com- a committee, which will look at uh, um, municipal uh, elected officials' compensation. So we take the route of uh, trying to get uh, people from the public uh, together to look at uh, um, what uh, council benefits are for pay, for what they're entitled to on expenses, et cetera. And uh, we, you guys do a great job in administration bringing, bringing um what uh, other like-minded population communities are are doing for their elected people. And then we're going to, this year, we're going to have a couple of counselors on that committee to sort of provide um, some guidance and some, if there's questions, they can sort of say, yeah, this is, you know, this is our time commitment and yada, yada. So we'll bring that. We're looking forward to, uh, was it five people from the general public we're looking for?
1: Yeah, I believe it's three to five. Yeah, yeah. So we, I mean, it's, we just need enough to make a quorum at least. The right? yeah,
0: last time we didn't have anybody to step forward, right?
1: The last time we didn't, yeah. the time before. So we skipped kind of one, one term on that one um, because we couldn't get anybody on the committee to take a look at that. And then quite a while ago, there was one as well, but yeah. Um, you know, it's an interesting conversation about elected officials there's one lens that you look at it and you look at it from a comparator perspective. So an elected official in Cold Lake is making X amount of dollars. And then you look at all the like-minded municipalities are making another, you know, uh, dollar figure. And then what's really interesting is, is that there is a broad spectrum out there. Like, you know, cold, if Cold Lake, for example, can be in around, uh, um, let's call it, uh, let's co- call the number about 30,000 or something like that. Right. Um, I think, uh, if you use that number, um, and the amount of time the council puts in, but you, but you look at that and you go, let's just try to, you know, tr- I'm trying to play nicely in the sandbox in comparison, but you go down South, let, let's use Bonneville is usually one of the comparators, half the size of the community, but probably comparable in terms of, uh pay, right? I, I think it's plus or minus a little. Yeah, bit we're, we're very one. tight. We're very close to the town of Bonneville. Yeah, but um, yet you have, so when you, if somebody uses the lens of how much you're paying dollars per capita, yeah, those yeah. are very different conversation and should it be different? Um, it depends on who you are when you look at that. Then you go out to the MD of Bonneville within our region. Which is is a quite a bit different than uh, the city of Cold Lake, and like we're talking probably threefold difference, plus or minus, right? I don't know if it's that much, but yeah, 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 it's it's right. Some of the com- uh, some of these communities that are out there that are pretty small are making th- more than threefold, right? So, um, what is it, it, what when is you the do number? The com- yeah. yeah, when you do the comparison, what I'm trying to suggest is that it is it is broad. There's there's no kind of this is the trend, um, and it's very difficult. So, what is the public opinion? And, and, and public feedback on what, you know, for city of cold lake, uh, politicians, what should they be making and what is the expectation of the community, yeah. right? And, uh, that is a difficult one to hammer out because everybody's got their own opinions and, uh, um, you know, it comes down to is, uh, what should it be? And, and that's where it goes down to. It's usually fitted for the community. That's why it's nice to have a little bit of feedback from the community, what, what it sees it as. Yeah. People
0: can see the workload and then what's, what's asked of, uh, council and then bring in comparators. Uh, like we usually compare ourselves to Brooks or Itasco in that type of population cameras. Some, sometimes, uh, you know, so you guys bring in the comparators, what is regionally, what are the numbers and, then. uh. And then the big, the big, uh, really the other one that what can the city afford? Because you're always, you know, on your shoulders. You always have that uh, is always in the room, and, uh, and bring, you know, get the community involved in the committee, and then they bring it back to council, and then council. Uh, typically, what we do is we um, we make that decision for the next election, so that uh, um, you know, by the 2025 fall election, those people that are running will know what the compensation is. yeah. And so that way um, it's very, it's kind of uh, transparent. Uh, people can see what what the pay is and then that council is not making their pay um, decisions. And so that's kind of what in, we've in done. In
1: theory, right? Yeah. They could override yeah. that, uh, but in theory you're making a decision for another group yeah. that comes in for another term. Um I think, uh, you know, we'll see what the, the committee recommendation. Council can accept the committee's recommendation or or depending on where they go, they can go somewhere else. A lot of the conversation has been um, in other communities, not necessarily cold. It has come up from time to time here is like the mayor's position, right? Um, You being the mayor, uh, you put a lot of hours in, um, whether uh, that should be a full-time position, not full-time position. um, Lots of conversation in other communities in that regard, but then it comes with that. The Municipal Government Act, even though that, Let's just simulate for a second that, uh, and this is not happening, And a mayor in a city is getting paid now a uh, $300,000 salary. The MGA doesn't say that you have to be still a full-time mayor. Compensation is just compensation. And, and as an elected official and politician, you drive the whatever the expectation of whatever the needs are for the resources of your time.
0: Yeah, right? yeah there's actually a province has a survey going out right now where people can get involved in, um, you know, providing their their comments and uh, it's up on the municipal government's website if, if people want to fill out the survey I haven't filled it out I probably won't but uh, um an interesting topic that's going on right now is um you know talking about vacant land so we we're, we're uh we're having a public hearing on that and and the thought process behind that was is that uh, we've had you know a few over the years uh developers come in uh out of town developers uh, looking at you know where where they can invest in coal lake uh and so we've sat with a lot of people and just looked at the, uh, the different uh, land, uh, empty land in Coal Lake uh, both on the commercial side and on residential. And, uh, and so we're bringing forward uh, this is to look at it is, is how do we move, how do we get properties that have been sitting there for years uh, to market? And to, uh, so we're, we're going to have that discussion. Uh, should the uh, mill rate, um, be uh, a little bit more for for property that's just sitting there doing uh, nothing
1: and is available to and do available. something, right? And it's been land banked for yeah. number 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 of years, yeah. right? Yeah, that, I I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a conversation that councils having. First of all, is the question of uh in the bylaw that is being considered and 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 and, and it's going to go to a public hearing so that way public can provide their input. Is uh, is just to do the split mail rate and the, then uh, between the vacant residential and vacant commercial. Another policy we'll have to follow up in that is what is the definition? Because you can have vacant and then, but yet is it qualified, right? Is it in there long enough and sitting or um, what has the uh, the owner been doing with that land? But I, the city does get, you, you're, you raise a good point. The city gets questioned on how come does this residential property between these two houses that are serviced, it's just land bank. It's just sitting there. Yeah. So, w- can we sell that? Can we do something with that? And what the city's saying, well, we don't own it. I can't. We can't force anybody to sell it or anything like that. So there's there's this uh, uh I'll call it a a stigma that's associated. Well, should the city you know the word penalize is used if the city puts a small mill rate on that? Remember, we're not talking a a, a huge amount of revenue here. We're talking maybe a hundred dollars or something yeah. like that. Um should uh, in order to tr- uh to do that and 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 these homeowners can avoid paying um an increased uh tax if uh if if the land is marketed right and uh, it, and let the market decide whether whatever those dollars are uh, it's just a conversation to be had and the city provides a business uh, revitalization uh, incentive program for commercial areas for development, um, and because uh, their taxes can be paid back to them over three years, over uh, which is one hundred percent. And, uh, of the first year and it's paid back to the, uh, business owner. So there's incentive programs that are on the other side of that. Right. But there is lands that are there that you do have lots of questions from residents.
0: Yeah. And you know, I know people buy commercial land with a dream and unfortunately, like, I think I've been mayor here for 16 years. And, and so those dreams are still there and it's like, okay, at what point does your dream isn't going to be reality? And, uh, you know, should you maybe look at putting their, your, your lot on the market uh, and see if there's going to be other investors that are going to come in and, 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 and move on that property, right? We have some, we've had some business people come in. Uh, let's just talk about a gas station. So, like, let's say uh, when you drive from the south to the north on Coal Lake, um, very few gas stations on the east side of the city, Right. And so when you look at uh, properties that you could put a gas station on the east side, there is some property that has been sitting there for a long time that could have been developed for a gas station, right? And so we've had these conversations with, with uh, you, you've been out to Whistler to that big uh, uh, business. Um,
1: International Convention of Shopping Mall um, right. uh, uh, franchises and all that, right? right? Yeah.
0: So when the city goes to these things, if we don't really know, empty vacant commercial lands are available for these big uh you know investors to look at um you know and this is what our job is is trying to get development into the city uh make sure your policies are good and sound and you know going back to the ev thing is like if you look at our councils over the years we're always trying to make the city co with your guys's help and administration keep moving forward you don't want your community to, to stay stuck and and do nothing. And so, yeah, there's a lot of naysayers out there and some of the stuff we do, but you know, we, we've been trying to move that community forward. We, we have state of the art recreation facilities uh, and our infrastructure uh, from where it was back when you started with the city compared to where it is now. um, You know, it's, Tr- change tremendous, uh even though uh the muffin monster might not get put into the um the budget. But, <laughs> the
1: uh, muffin monster. <laughs> we'll inside joke, it. inside but, joke. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: uh, so anyways we're we're trying uh our to, to work on this uh there's vacant land and and see where it goes and and dabble in it. And if it's of course uh negative uh then uh, a future council can pull it back.
1: Yeah well it's something it's something it's just a tool in terms of that conversation, right? And I think uh I think when something significant changes, everybody gets nervous and I don't think it's all bad. I think everybody's just is eyebrows up of what, where, where maybe the city of Cold Lake is going with that. And I think, and I, and I think that's a good thing that eyebrows out. up So I think more education maybe happen on the city of Cold Lake side, public hearing, what do we need to come out with some more detail and more information? Nonetheless, you do have public asking questions in regards to uh, vacant lands and uh, investors ask about these vacant lands on that note, uh, uh, in terms of investors, we have a lot of, uh, individuals and investors kicking tires in cold lake. That's This is very, very interesting that uh, there's been a huge swing in the economy. It seems like for our region, and that's probably related to the pathways conversation and, and the, and S37, the base, right. Yeah. The F 35 platform and, and the construction, uh, that's behind that um so uh, what's really interesting is all of the uh, investment uh, uh potentials that are coming uh, we have uh, we have actually probably in a, in a handful of areas uh uh, already development proposals for commercial development and uh, it's a matter of connecting those uh, investors and whether you have local franchisees and stuff like that. That's kind of interesting conversations that are but it renews that conversation. We used to attend for a few years there during the uh, during the height of the uh, conversations was the uh, the Whistler ICSC or whatever, the International Convention of Shopping Mall and Franchises. Um, looks like uh, uh, some of the uh, franchises and stuff like that probably want us back at the table and having a meet with them at a central location like that where they do already, right. On an annual basis in January. Um, so we're, we're hooking up the investors or local investors with the franchisees and, and also the development and get them into one room and uh, say, make some decisions here uh, for our specific community. So that's positive. I think there's a whole bunch of things that are on the table, um, uh, for the community. Very positive.
0: Yeah, for sure. Let's just talk a bit about budget. I, I, I think we're going to before Christmas, we'll, we'll have one more podcast and we can sort of talk about budget, but, uh, you know, I think that uh, a little bit from my background is I, I would say that uh, you know, with a lot of the inflationary costs, this is probably one of the more tougher budgets because there's a lot of uh, inflation in that has hit us as a municipality in terms of uh, streetlights, uh, buildings that we operate from. You know, everybody in their personal life is experiencing it with your nat- with your natural gas and with your your. Tax with your, with your, with your power bills and, and just everything has gone up. And I'm, you know, so the municipality owns a lot of assets. And of course, um, you know, if they're going up by, f- you know, 5% or whatever, is how do you capture that cost in your, in your budgeting? And of course, um, you know, we've run a pretty lean operation as it is. And so this one, um, you know, the way you do your, the, the, the budget introduction to the council. Uh, some of those numbers were like a bit a bit of an eye a bit of a shocker this year uh, on the first step of the budget Uh, that number was so that we have increased in our operating costs and so you know council's got a lot of um, decisions we're getting close we'll probably be done I think tonight Uh, and then uh, you know the idea is nobody wants a huge tax increase but uh, there certainly is a lot of municipalities right now that have announced what they're doing and it's not surprising um big
1: numbers out there across uh, the cities, hey, and uh, and municipalities i was
0: on a call uh a a while ago a couple weeks ago with with the mid-sized mayors with uh, the minister of municipal affairs and this is what i told them i said the municipalities especially the urbans are going to come out with some some eyebrow type of tax increases and and it's not like they're running around and hiring staff uh this is all um costs that, uh, operating all these buildings and all that is, is in, in salary increases, the COLA, um, is really going to hit the taxpayer, uh, this year in a big way. Uh, and so, you know, we're struggling, uh, you know, I think council wants to try to keep it as low as we possibly can. Uh, and at the same time, uh, not reduce the uh, level of service, which is the big, uh, you're hearing that on sound bites, uh, you know, coming out of Edmonton and Calgary right now, is you know a reduction you don't want to reduce the level of service but in the end that's the only way if people don't want to see a tax increase okay so what are you cutting so are you cutting uh an arena's operation from 11 o'clock at night uh to go dark uh, to now nine o'clock right and if you can save on staff and blah 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 so i think uh you know our council here i don't think uh we want to see a reduction in the level of service uh you know we have a we have a community that everybody is proud of and and we're going to try our best to uh, to keep it going within reason. Um, you know it's interesting when you live in some of the other municipalities like say in the Greater Edmonton area or the Greater Calgary area. Um, as a homeowner, you have you have uh, choices where to live. So if you're going to live based on on property tax, um, you know if you're in Edmonton, you've got choices between Stony Plain spruce grove st albert uh, or edmonton Saskatchewan. or Saskatchewan, and you can sure tr- in strathcona county and uh and then now into leduc and all that you have a choice uh within a 30 minute radius of where you can pick to live uh now take a look at coal lake you really only have uh, three choices or a few but you you if you don't like the taxes in the city you can move out into the md but now you've got to deal with your own sewer and water and uh and then or you and other things. Yeah. And right. other things, yeah. right? But uh, uh or you could move down to the town of Bonneville and say, okay, I can save uh a little bit money, let's just say if I move this way, uh, but in the end you're probably paying that for just transportation to your work site. So it's a real it's a little bit more difficult for people in out in the more rural area where they can pick and choose if they're deciding just on property tax. Mm-hmm. What people have to realize is that Coal Lake's level of service is probably pretty high when you compare us to other uh, municipalities across the province in terms of what you're getting uh, for the bang of the buck. Yeah. And I realize a lot not everybody does recreation in Coal Lake, but when you look at what our community foundations about, it's about a young population keeping busy, a lot of families. I mean, we just heard uh, us, um, the, the Lakeland Catholic School Division in, in Coal Lake enrollment is up it's huge. huge. And yeah. so, you know, we have a lot of little people coming to Coal Lake and so that's been our focus and, you know, we'll try our best to keep everything as low as we possibly can. A lot of things are hitting us.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I absolutely right. Uh, you know, when you look, it is about levels. During your budget uh, deliberations, administration, we do provide uh, by third party, um, which is actually Municipal Affairs does comparators, um, just so that way we can understand, you know, put aside a moment, what is the service levels? Because service level from community to community doesn't match right so all to uh, and there's a big change in that in terms of uh, what you know some communities don't even of mid-sized cities don't even run a transit system and some do so therefore your profile of how many dollars per capita you're spending on certain subject matters like transportation is very different from community to community so um but council can look at, uh, based on those is how do we compare from contracted services? How many, how much do we compare from, uh, salaries and, and, uh, and, uh, the amount of staff and, uh, the city of Cold Lake is very, I think when we did the review, um, of municipal affairs as uh, a documentation is that the city of Cold Lake is very, uh, comparable, right. On almost all fronts, very, you know, we're right in the median on all fronts, including taxes. Actually, if you noticed over the years, the city of Cold Lake's taxes, um, you know, went from back in 2012 to now has uh, comparing uh, from an assessment perspective over tax rate has gone down, right? So other municipalities have been raising taxes. That's what's telling you is that faster on an annual basis than cold Lake. Yep. Because our, our 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 percentile is going down, we used to be amongst the top and one of the highest taxed uh, communities in the province in terms of cities. We'll t- say, um, but now you're sitting down there below the median now. So again, every you know nobody wants to pay taxes, and uh, but yet our comparators are showing that we're going down in that ratio, right? So yeah,
0: yeah. Well, let's, let's close the podcast. Oh, I know no, we're going to close. Yeah, I know. We can talk
1: all day. I babe. know. We, we got, can do this all day long. Uh, so we
0: have to, we, we've been told that we put people to sleep after yeah, one hour. Yeah. But we,
1: can, we, we sit there and we go to Edmonton <laughs> or uh, for meetings with the, the, the in the uh, legislature, and we sit there and talk for, what, three and a half hours one way and three and a half hours the other
0: way. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're, yeah. We, we're trying to not lose everybody in the audience, but uh, I think next time we, we come back on a podcast, we'll talk about our budget in a little bit more detail, we'll try to talk about certain things, and then talk about crime in our city Uh, we've gotten a little bit of media attention uh, in some of the stuff that's been going on in the city I know um, we're going to probably attract some uh, Edmonton media because um, you know we've come out with uh, quite a few press releases over the last several weeks about what's going on in our municipality and it's attracted some uh, media from outside of Coal Lake that are going well wow rural Alberta gets has all this too. And so they're coming out, but uh, on a on a happy note, uh, last night uh, we had a really nice um, presentation, uh, uh, and uh, the chuck wagons are coming back. or uh, proposed to come back to Cold Lake. Uh, I think they haven't been in town since two thousand eleven. C-,
1: C P W A or something. C- no, C P C A. Yeah, Canadian Canadian professional professional chuck wagon association uh, wants to come back to Cold Lake.
0: Yeah. So there's a, a couple of, uh, local people that are, that are pushing, uh, with the, and their conjunction with the egg Society. And, uh, you know, it, the egg Society has a beautiful piece of property there and, uh, why not utilize it as best, uh, as much as we can. They have the Mudfest in there already. And now to have a June, uh, middle of June, uh, Chuck Wagon Race three-day event, uh, and, uh, they're, and, and involve volunteers to uh, to fundraise at the same time, and then uh, uh, Indian relays, uh, the chuck wagons, and uh, barrel racing.
1: You've got some uh, prominent individuals that are helping put this together. Uh, the person who presented on behalf of the Egg Society mm-hmm. was uh, uh, Lakeland Connect, Chad Colburn, right? A shout out to him. Uh, prominent, wow. What's that? You're really going to feed that guy. Oh, feed, feed Chad? Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, Chad, how prominent. you doing out there, prominent. right? <laughs> and then you had uh, another individual in the room. Right? Did you want to? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Sean uh, Matos is yeah. uh, um, I've known him for years. Um, and Holding he. First Nations. Yeah, and he. Uh, he is so passionate about Co and uh, and about all of the facilities here. He volunteers so much of his time, uh, for 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 Junior B for uh, the Royals uh i mean he's an amazing individual he does go around north america a lot of rodeos with his scoreboards or big uh, electronic
1: production boards. right all yeah. the production side yeah and so
0: he's also you know he's behind this and so he's got a lot of background and i'm sure others are going to jump on and of course the ag society uh um, board, board yeah. so i think yeah. uh, why not and uh so they've asked uh, the city council to see if they, we can be the main sponsor you know our our council over the years has always looked at things from a an economic, uh, activity in the community, but also bringing in events so that it's not always about hockey and it's about other things. And so you look at the various, whether it's the air show, uh, now the Chucks, uh, rib football. fest, uh, you know, football, you know, it's about, um, keeping this community busy and, and, and bringing in entertainment, uh, to, to the lakeland as we call it, but to Cole Lake in specific. And so, uh, why not? Uh, it's going to be the same weekend as the fishing tournament, uh, so that'll be fun. You'll have yeah, you're going to have horses, horses and horses fish, horses
1: and fish. Yeah, you're going to like if this all comes together, that'll the city will be there will be a ton of people in the community because that yeah. most of the uh, fishing tournament is people coming from outside. Yeah. Right, and then the chuck wagons is going to be all coming from outside, like from 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 the people that are doing it and hosting it and and actually riding the race. And uh, to, uh, each chuck wagon comes with at least uh, just in their bar- little modular barns, like eight people plus the riders plus uh, like all of this, right? So, you
0: no, know, it'll be fun. I mean, uh, we'll see what happens uh, when we bring it to council. I'm talking about fishing. Let's close it on a on a on a on a real interesting thing. So, the age friendly has. I forget now, at, there's a fourth tournament, uh, big ice fishing tournament on Family Day weekend in February, and uh, it's sold out in 30 hours, uh, 400 anglers. And uh, it just, so it just speaks of the um, the, the lure of coming to Cole Lake, fishing for those big lake trout. And uh, so I think the tournaments, uh, the one that the city ran in June and the uh, age-friendly one last winter, some of the lake trout were getting really big. And wouldn't it be something if one of those lake trout come in at a hundred centimeters as the winner? Hmm. So we're getting close. and so there the um, there's a possible regulation a change on Cold Lake for uh, next fishing season in the in the su- spring summer where there might be a slot size on the lake trout. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of people when 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 you sell out four hundred anglers uh, uh, to uh, a fishing tournament, it just speaks of of people wanting to come out to fish. And hopefully, the lake will be frozen by then.
1: Yeah, well, we need some temperature to drop in order for, for everything to go ahead. But usually, it, I, I don't think I've ever been here that it's been open past uh, January. Like, for yeah, usually, uh, January, I've, I don't think I've ever seen that since I've moved here. And, yeah, French,
0: uh, French Bay freezes first, and uh, people will go over there to fish, even though the big lake will be open. And so that's where, hopefully, uh, by Christmas, uh, French Bay is, is safe enough to, for people to fish. I think what people really got to be careful about, um, the way the ice is forming on some of the smaller lakes right now, uh, because the air temperature during the day is warm and the sun's, the sun, there's hardly any clouds. Um, what's happening out there is, is some people have gone out ice fishing on, on water bodies right now, and they're actually cracking. Mm. And, and so it is quite dangerous the way the weather is right now. Uh, so you, hopefully we get some minus 20s uh, and, and start to freeze up the big
1: lake. And the, and the water level's low. Yeah, water's level low. Yeah, very low.
0: Yeah. All right. On that depressing note.
1: Oh, sorry. I apologize. Yeah, we're supposed we're, to do it on a positive note maybe. Yeah, sorry, sorry. On a
0: positive note, uh, the weather has been great. So if you can still haven't raked your leaves, you can uh, get out there and rake your leaves. Great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. Awesome. <laughs> Cheers.